Yeah, host of the Rugby Wrap podcast, Mick Collis is here with us this afternoon. Mick, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks, mate. Always good to talk rugby with you. Yes, thank you very much for taking the time. Glad to have you here with us. Now, uh, big news for the Western Force, Mick, uh, and that is that Nick White, 59-time Wallaby, uh, has come over to the West. Yes, he's uh, been recruited and uh, he has made his way to the Western Force. What are your thoughts on the pickup? Yeah, look, I think it's a great pickup. As you said, what, 59 test matches? He's still, well, at the moment, he is Australia's number one, number nine. He's a leading halfback in, in rugby. I think he'll be the starting halfback throughout the World Cup. Um, so, you know, what a great pickup for the Western Force. Yes, he's 32 years old, but the Western Force, I think the average age of the Force is only 22. So to get someone like, um, like Nick White to come across, just the leadership and the experience that he brings, it'll be fantastic. And look, he's still playing good footy. So he signed for two years. Uh, I think I think he probably would have liked to have stayed in Canberra. I, I read today that he signed it back there in 2008, you know, straight out of school. So that, that's basically been his, his life and his home since that time. And I think he would have liked to have stayed there. But I believe that there was some drama with the Rugby Australia. They provide a bit of a top-up and the Brumbies had some money, but they've got another half-back over there, Ryan Monaghan, who Rugby Australia is also topping up. So I think the Western Force were able to possibly make a slightly more attractive deal and, and I think he also said he just he, he thought the time was right for a break so I think he's a terrific pick up and then other news floating around too is that James O'Connor who signed for the Western Force as a 17 year old many years ago then he went to Melbourne went overseas there's talk about him coming back as well mm. so the 9-10 combination for the Western Force next year could be Nick White at number 9 and James O'Connor at number 10, which is a pretty world-class 9-10 combination. So I think it's all good for the Western Force. Yeah, uh, good signs and uh, a great pick-up, Nick White. Um, you, you mentioned his leadership. So how important is that leadership role going to be uh, And you know, for the Western Force? Because it seems as though they lack just a little bit of that at times throughout, uh, throughout the games. Yeah, yeah, yes, they do. And, and a guy like Nick that's... Look, he's played a lot of super rugby. He's played a lot of test match rugby. So he's one of these guys that he, he makes good decisions because he's he's learned over time what those good decisions are. So if he's in a team and you've got a, a less experienced player or a group of players that aren't really sure what to do in a certain circumstance or, or which way they should be playing at a certain stage of a game, depending on what the score is, you've got someone like Nick that can just draw on his years of experience He's done things in the past that haven't worked, but he's learned what does work. So the options that he make will, you know, more times than not be the correct option. And so those young guys then will see what, what Nick does in that situation and then take that on board. So, yeah, the learning that the whole team and especially those young players will get from someone like Nick is fantastic. And I think when you've got good players playing in a team, other players tend to lift to try and match that standard of that mm. player. So just having a good player like Nick, that'll, that'll lift the other players around him. So, yeah, I, I think it's a really positive move. He also brings a bit of grit and grind, a little bit of mongrel about him. So I think that's a, another thing that the Western Force, uh, well, it's a great addition for them. When you when you look at him as well, he's a marquee player. I think he's someone that gets people excited potentially. So, um, you know, is, is it good for the, for the Western Force to pick him up in terms of creating a little bit of extra interest here in WA? Yeah, definitely. I mean... Look, we've spoken before about it, that, that rugby, it's not in a really strong point at the moment. And I think that if you went out, you know, ask your average person in the street, you know, can you can you name 
a rugby player. I think, you know, maybe one in ten might be able to name a rugby player, which is a, a sad state of affairs. It was a lot stronger, you know, maybe 10 or 20 years ago when people could rattle off some big names. But, but Nick White, he is one of the big names and one of the recognisable characters of, of rugby in Australia. And so to have a guy like him in Perth, like he's very good with the media. Um, he's got this, he, he looks like he, he should be riding a penny farthing. He's got this sort of um, old man, old era moustache that he, that he rocks around and he, and he walks like he's been on a horse for the last five days. He's got these <laughs> bow legs, but, but he's, a, he's, a, he's, he's recognisable. And so when the media, if, if the Western Force tried him out you know, to a radio station or a TV station, he's, he's got credibility straight away because of what he's done and he is one of these recognisable guys. So I think that he's the sort of bloke that, that people who aren't necessarily rugby fans may have heard of, but then because he'll have a, a big presence... They'll keep hearing about him, so that's going to help build the game of rugby in Western Australia. So, so he, he ticks a lot of boxes, not only as a good player, but as a good ambassador for the game. And as I said, someone who's very, he's very good with the media and prepared to put himself out there and you know answer questions and and be a, a guy that is seen as a representative of his team for the media. So I think, yeah, I just think he'd be very, very good. Will he play in the World Cup this year? Absolutely, absolutely. He'll be he'll be the starting number nine because they. Eddie Jones has spoken about it's going to be a hit-and-run World Cup. They're going to go in. They're just going to try and steal this World Cup and then get out of there as quick as they can. So he's not going to be he's not going to be experimenting. He's going to be taking people. Look, he might he might take a chance on a couple of people, but not in that key number nine. That number nine is such a it's such a key position in any team. And and Nick White for me he's the he's the form number nine. He's the guy that's got the runs on the board. So he'll he'll definitely be starting. And it would take an injury or very poor form from him to be moved out of that spot. I, I think it's going to be that situation where it's going to be harder to get into the team than it is to get out of the team. And, and he's a real um, fixture of that side. So it's going to take some something massive for him not to be there through that World Cup. Uh, and just James O'Connor, quickly, you mentioned uh, we could be seeing him return to the force. What would it take for for him to return? What would the force have to, have to do to get it across the line? Uh, I, I don't think it would be a lot, you know, because... Mm. He's up in Queensland at the moment. There's a guy called Tom Liner who is, uh, I think he's only 18, 18 or 19 years old. He's the son of Michael Liner, a very famous Queensland and Wallaby player. And this Tom Liner has been, he's been very good um, playing up in, in Queensland. He, Queensland see him as the future. I think Australian rugby would like to see him as the future as well. But as I said, he's only young. So James O'Connor's been getting a bit of game time this, this year with Tom Liner. But I think next year... I think Queensland will be putting all their eggs in Tom Liner's basket and, and James O'Connor, he won't be getting any sort of Wallaby top-ups from Queensland or, or the Wallabies because, you know, he's not... And it's going to be post-World Cups. So they're going to be looking for the future. And they've got the Lions in 2025. And, and, you know, I can't see James O'Connor playing much of a role in that, or if at all. So for James O'Connor, I just think that the money is probably a, a bit of a better offer and the... I think the opportunity to actually be starting and playing more games, he'll get over here than what he did in Queensland. There was talk about him uh, look, wanting to wanting to stay in rugby, about taking on a mentor role up in Queensland to help Tom Liner, which I think would be great. But if he does still want to keep playing and then help mentor some of the young guys here, we've got a young kid called Rashan Asatoa, who's a, a local Perth kid. Tattered as being you know, a very good rugby player. He got injured in club rugby last year, so he's missed this entire season, but he'll be back next year. If you've got a guy like James O'Connor as a mentor to, to this Rajan Pasatoa, well, I'd rather James O'Connor was mentoring a Western Force guy than he was mentoring a Queenslander. So 
I, I think if we can get James O'Connor, he's obviously matured a, a hell of a lot since he left Western Australia when he was talking about he wanted to go to Melbourne to improve his brand, and that put a lot of people off. But he was a young kid. I think it all went to his head, but he spent some time overseas, and he's really pulled his head, and he's playing good footy. He's a tough little customer, um, still can play. So if we can get him now, I think we'll get, we'll get more out of him now than what we did when we first signed him when he was a superstar. Uh, the Force, do you think they can uh, they can get up over Fiji and Drua this weekend, this Friday night? Look, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough because Fiji... I mean, Fiji had this amazing win um, against the Hurricanes on the weekend over there in Fiji. So that, emotionally, that's going to take a lot out of... If we were going... If the Force were going to Fiji, no chance. But the fact that Fiji, they had that massive win in front of that massively noisy crowd over in Suva had a win against the odds, then they've had to try and come down from that emotional high. They've got to get on a plane, probably get on another plane, turn up in Perth, go into a hotel room, unfamiliar territory, have a couple of days, go and play a game and go home. I think mentally it's going to be very hard for them to repeat what they put out last week. The Western Force, they're three from three at home. They haven't been beaten at home this year, and that's never happened before. So they're very keen to try and protect that record. And just the advantage of them being at home this week I think that the Western Force will start this game as favourites. But the thing about Fiji, you just cannot predict how they're going to go because they play this open, flamboyant style of rugby. That's their nature. But they've also learned to play the structured style that you need to be able to compete in super rugby. But they've got that ability now to play both styles of that game. And if they've got the ball you know, on their, on their own line, they're defending and they get the ball, most teams will kick it out. So, like the Western Force would, would would expect a team to kick it out. So they'll line their defensive up for that for that thing to happen. But Fiji, they'll think, well, no, we're going to just run it. So all of a sudden, you've got a team that was defending now with the ball on their own line, and they're the ones that are that are creating pressure on on the defending team. So just by the way they play, you can never discount Fiji because they are such a good side. And if things click mm. for them. They can beat anyone on their day. But I just think coming off that emotional win last week, coming across to Perth and the fact that the Western Force are back at home wanting to protect that home record, I think the Force, everything's in their favour. So this game is the Force's to lose. Uh, Just a couple of quick ones before I do let you go, Mick. Just back on uh, round 11 in the Super Rugby competition. We'll take a look at that Sunday game because it was just a cracker. The Brumbies and the Rebels, 33-26 to the final score. The Brumbies getting up on top. I thought... uh, the Lalesio Gordon matchup was just fantastic. Um, what were your thoughts on the round that we saw, particularly that final game? Yeah, I thought that game was a cracker, a really, really good game. And just really interesting the um, the the, yeah, the Lalesio uh, Carter Gordon. They're the two number tens um, that are. And so so it's interesting because Lalesio he has played Test rugby for Australia, but he wasn't included in Eddie Jones's first Wallaby camp, and Carter Gordon was included. So that that was always going to be that battle between those two and. And when um, Lolisio scored a try, and he scored a second try, and then he's gone to the cameras and gone, you know, Carter Gordon. And I was talking to Mitch Hardy on the Rugby Rap podcast last night, and, and Mitch just, he hated the fact that, some people were saying it's great, he's showing some emotion, but Mitch hated it, because it, all it did was just show that Carter Gordon is in his head. So the guy scored a try, and the first thing he thinks of is Carter Gordon. So he's absolutely rattled by Carter Gordon, and I think the way that Carter Gordon played as well uh, on that night, he's got this beautiful ability to throw long, flat passes 
right and left. He can. Everyone's got a preferred hand or a dominant hand in terms of the direction they can pass a ball. But he's like Stephen Larkham, who was a very famous Australian number 10, who can play this really flat game and pass the ball either side equally as well. So I think, yeah, and he got nearly cut in half by this tackle by one of the uh, the Brumbies flankers and, you know, just bounced back up. So he's tough, takes the ball the line and he's got this beautiful ability to pass the ball. So I think out of those two, even though Alessio scored a couple of tries, I still think that Carter Gordon mm. came out on top. But it was a, a great game. And, yeah, the Rebels, everyone wrote them off at the start of the year, but they've been a real surprise um, packet. So they've got Nick Stiles as the new GM down there and Kevin Foote's the coach and things are really clicking for the Rebels. So it's, it's been a good season for them. But that was a, yeah, that was a really entertaining game of, of Australian rugby. And we saw the Super Rugby Women's Grand Final take place over the weekend and it was uh, Fiji and Drua coming out on top over the Reds 38 to 30. High scoring game, Mick. Yeah, and it was great. You know, I was really happy for the, for the Drua because they've had a tough season. They lost against the Western Force uh, here in Perth, which was a great win for the Western Force. And they dropped another game during the year. So they only just snuck into the into the semifinals. In the semifinal against the Waratahs, they were down 17-0 after about 15 minutes, then came back and won that one 20-17 to make the final. And then in and then they, during one of their round games, they're up in Brisbane and Fiji Rugby Union had run out of money, so they couldn't afford to buy food. So it was out on social media. Can people help um, help feed these Fijian, Fijian lady rugby players who were up in Brisbane at the time. So it was a really tough season for them. And then for them to, you know, and it was a real seesawing battle, that, that game. And then they put on, um, you know, 15 points in the space of 10 minutes. They went out to about, I think they were 21 points up with 17 minutes to go. But then they had a couple of players in the in the, uh, in the sin bins. They were down to 13. And, and then Queensland started coming back. And luckily the time run out but just the emotion on their face you could see how much it meant to the to the drua to to go back to back in that super w championship against all the the air or the um the issues and the obstacles that they've had during the year for them to come out and win that game that was a, that was a really good moment for rugby and i think there was no one that was disappointed that that the fijiana drua won that game against queensland on the weekend Mick, it's been a pleasure chatting on the program this afternoon. Thanks very much for taking the time today, as always, and uh, all the very best. My pleasure. Thanks, Matt. Cheers. Thank you. There he goes. Mick Collis from the Rugby Wrap podcast. A pleasure, as always.